Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Happy June to everybody listening out there on a hot June 10th. Uh, we're talking grain markets today. This is Luke Beckman, your host of the CVA Grain Exchange. I'm joined today by Mandy Jackson. She's a grain specialist for us in our Stromsburg location. Uh, we're here to talk about the June WASD report uh, in the middle of some volatility uh, in these grain markets. So happy to have uh, Mandy on. Mandy, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Thanks, Luke. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about your background, Mandy. So I grew up in West Central Illinois on a grain and livestock farm. We raised cattle and hogs and farm corn and beans. Was pretty active in 4-H and FFA growing up. And then I started my college career out at Lincoln Land Community College there in Illinois, where I was on the livestock judging team. So I spent a couple of years traveling and competing with those guys. And then I transferred out to Kansas State University, where I finished my school career with a animal science and industry degree and a business minor. And while I was out there, I picked up a part-time job at the local co-op, which just happened to be a CVA, and here I am a couple years later. Well, and we, we've been happy to get you, you know, uh, CVA has locations in Kansas, and uh, yeah, that was the connection. We got you up north, though. You're here in Nebraska, irrigated country uh, up here. Tell us a little bit, though, Mandy, I mean, so you're 500 miles from home, right? I mean, you're in uh, South Central Illinois. Um, yes. Why CVA? So when I started working the scale during harvest in college, it just kind of made me feel like I was at home. Harvest has always been my favorite time of the year. And so getting to spend it with farmers every evening after class was really fulfilling for me. So when it came to finding a job after school, I talked to HR, but hadn't made up my mind on whether or not I was going to apply for a position within CVA. Wasn't sure why God would send me to Nebraska of all places. (laughs) And I was pretty sure my mom would crucify me if I told her I was moving further from home. But uh, shortly after that, HR called and said they got my application and wanted to interview me. So I rolled with it. So getting started with CVA, I was traveling around with my teammates and getting to know the job. And it didn't take long for me to notice how much our team cares about our farmers and their livelihoods. Um, We treasure the relationships we have with our farmers and try our darndest to make their operations successful so that they can continue to carry on their family's legacy year after year. So whether they realize it or not, their success means just as much to us as it does to them. And I think CVA is really good at being, striving to be valuable to the communities that they are part of. I love that. I love that, Mandy. And that, that's a pretty good plug for our mission and vision statement. I don't know if you planned that, but it just kind of worked pretty well. Um, and the good Lord put you here for a reason. And we're happy to have you in Nebraska. You've brought, brought a nice spark to uh, our team. We've kind of got a, a youthful team. There's We've got some veterans on the team as well, but uh, Mandy's certainly a part of uh the vibrant energy we have uh, on our CVA grain specialist team. So happy to have you. We're going to talk about uh, the June June WASD report. So let's dig into that. So the June WASD um, typically does not possess a lot of pizzazz and fireworks. We're kind of a month removed from the May WASD report, which is the first time we see new crop numbers. Uh, that's always exciting. Everybody wants to know what those have to say. Um, but then we're sandwiched between that and the end of June, which is the report most folks are interested in. We see June planted acreage, which is survey-based data. 
on what got planted, as well as the quarterly stocks report. So that's on the horizon. This is a little bit of a pit stop until we get there. So those numbers came out at 11 uh, a.m. today, June 10th. And uh, here's just a rundown. So on the corn side of things going in, the market was expecting a tighter old crop carryout. We got that today uh, with two revisions. Both ethanol and exports were bumped 75 million bushels. So there was a total demand gain of 150 million. Uh, the carryout drops by a like amount down to 1.107 billion bushels. Stocks to use ratio uh, comes down to 7.3, 7 7.4%. Um, that was the only revision in the domestic balance sheet today. Uh, as we look at the new crop uh, demand, Supply and demand sheet, uh, that carry-in obviously dropped uh, with old crop stocks being a little bit tighter. Uh, that's the only revision today, though. So uh, too early for the USDA to touch yield and acreage um, and no demand revisions for the new crop balance sheet as well. So 21-22 carry-out, 1.357 billion, down 150 million. Uh, stocks to use ratio from 10.2 down to 9.2%. So a little bit tighter uh, in the old crop corn category that carries over to new crop. We look at the global balance sheet, kind of the, the number that everybody was watching today was Brazilian corn production. Um, a lot of the private numbers, Mandy, that we've been, you know, reading about, Conab was out this morning, you know, they came down uh, into the 96 million metric ton range, I believe. Um, but a lot of your private estimates have been around 90 million metric tons or even less. So everybody was interested to see would the USDA acknowledge that. Um, yeah, they, they kind of sort of maybe did, but not really. 98.5 is where the USDA was today, down three and a half million metric tons. Uh, we think they're going to have more room to go there as we go forward. Um, other than that, no major revisions. Brazilian exports forecasted to be down then two million metric tons, uh, down to 33. So old crop stocks globally a little bit tighter. Um, no major changes today otherwise, though. So Mandy, what were your takeaways as you saw the numbers today? Yeah, so I would definitely say this report was friendly on the corn side of things today. USDA did what the market expected. Corn stocks got tighter and demand increased a little bit with ethanol and exports. So they didn't quite acknowledge the Brazil corn crop issue, like you mentioned, with the drought that they've been facing over there. But now it's time to focus on weather and gear up for the next report where we'll see the planted acres and yield estimates adjusted. Talk talk just a little bit because we never know you know where folks are tuning in from. You're in Stromsburg, Nebraska, pretty good productive area right there. But talk to us a little bit about the conditions right in your backyard there. Yep. So so far things are looking pretty darn good around here. Um, we had a smooth planting season. We had a little rain here at the beginning. However, this past week has gotten pretty hot and dry, and it is time to get some rain going, or we're going to have to start some pivots around here. So it's been hot and dry. The question is, how long is it going to be hot and dry? So. Sure. Well, and the market feels the same way. I mean, as we look at the drought monitor, um, you know, we've had a few rains on portions of the western Corn Belt, Nebraska, South Dakota got a little bit of rain uh, last night, portions of North Dakota in the last week. But uh, yeah, another two weeks, those two week forecasts are going to start to stretch into July and the market's always interested. Uh, what are things going to look like as we dip into pollination? Um, so we are in a full blown weather weather trade here. It's probably going to be pretty bumpy. Uh, as we go forward, but things looking good in, in uh, irrigated corn country in Nebraska is what I'm hearing from you. Yep. So far, so good. Well, being a, a gal from Illinois, we do want to know what the uh, crop report looks like back home because I'm sure you're in contact. 
Yeah, we have been. So guys got started around Easter back home at the earliest um, due to moisture and some frost issues here and there. They did have to replant quite a bit of corn back home. So there's that going on this week at home. But other than that, things look pretty good that way as well. Very good. Very good. Northern Illinois, according to the drought monitor, looks to be a little bit a little bit drier. Of course, all of Iowa has a big conversation. How do we execute a 179.5, which is you know just a trend line number that the USDA throws out on their balance sheet. How can we make that happen if Iowa is dry? You know, it's going to be the big question. So certainly want to see what weather uh, trends like here. Uh, these are the types of markets when we come in Sunday night. Uh, we open up at seven o'clock, you know, for the trade that things get pretty interesting uh, in these weather markets, depending on how the forecast changes over the weekend. Uh, we'd expect nothing less throughout these probably next six weeks uh, should be pretty interesting through June and July. So very interesting. Just price direction thoughts, Mandy, things we were thinking about in the corn market here the next two weeks. Yep. I think we're going to continue to see some volatility in this environment. Um, after today, I think futures are going to stay strong, but it's probably still going to be pretty volatile. So weather's the major player now, so it's hot and dry, but we'll just see what happens. Very good. Let's, uh, let's flip it over to beans. Soybeans coming into today, you know, really the bean market, uh, the carryout's been tight for a long time. You know, USDA's had this thing uh, squeezed down really tight since this winter um, on, you know, big export program. Crush demand's been great. Last couple months, though, NOPA crush numbers have been a little bit disappointing. So there's been some cracks in the crush story. Um, as we look at the products, you know, soybean oil has really been the driver in the crush story for beans. And so a lot of your crushers have been doing that to get the oil. And so we've kind of had a surplus of meal sitting around, maybe affected crush margins to some degree. And then the availability in general, beans getting hard to find has maybe caused some of the uh, processing demand to throttle back a little bit. So that got acknowledged today by the USDA. Crush demand was down 15 million bushels. Um, and that was the only revision to the domestic balance sheet old and new crop today. So old crop carryout up 15 million to 135. Uh, stocks to use ratio grows slightly to 2.96%. Um, and then that 15 million bushel increase to the carryout filters through all the way to the bottom of the 2122 balance sheet, which is raised 15 million from 140 to 155 million bushels for August of 22. Uh, stocks to use ratio at 3.5%. Um, on the global side of things, again, we were looking at South American revisions a little bit better yields in center west Brazil. So production was up 1 million metric ton to 137 million metric tons. No revisions to Chinese imports, uh, still stuck at 100 million metric tons. So not a lot of changes in the beans today. Mandy, what were your takeaways? Yeah, beans were kind of the sleeper today. Um, the only thing, like you mentioned, that was down was the crush margin, down 15 million. So those crush reports have been kind of disappointing the last couple of months, so that was expected. But then exports and feed numbers were unchanged as well, so not much excitement on the bean side of things. And the market didn't quite know how to take it. We we did react pretty negatively following the numbers. You know, the market wasn't expecting quite that big of a bump, I guess, in old crop carryout. You know, we were down pretty good at one point, came back. Finished the day higher in beans on the new crop side, but the spreads, a lot of wacky stuff going on. Uh, July was down 18, new crop was up 11. So the cash market is trying to figure out uh, what's going on with these soybeans, bigger carry out, you know, suggests maybe it's not as tight. So you're seeing those spreads uh, widen back out, coming, coming back from some pretty nasty inverses. So uh, trying to navigate these cash markets gets pretty interesting. 
But uh, as you think about, you know, for our producers the next couple of weeks, what are some things they should be thinking about on the beans? Yeah, so it sounds like beans is kind of getting a little slower with numbers so tight still, though, and that stocks to use ratio so low. I still see plenty of volatility in our future, and I don't necessarily see beans falling apart anytime soon. Yeah, we were talking before the recording here today, and as you put the scenarios together for new crop beans, I mean, wow, just a pretty wide range of what can happen yet. You know, obviously, we're going to get an update on acres at the end of the month, but we always say it with soybeans, you can tweak that yield a couple bushels either direction from trend, and it completely changes the story uh, on price potential. So everyone knows soybean yields are, are largely determined in the month of August, so way too soon, you know, for uh, the bean market to think that it's comfortable and it's definitely not when you've got a carryout that starts out at 140 million bushels you know for next year we raised it a little bit this month a lot of crazy stuff going to happen in the soybean market before it's all done cool those were the numbers uh want to want to transition to a point something we were talking about prior to the recording today mandy something you're passionate about you know with your producers and uh, bringing in a fresh perspective but Let's talk about managing risk, because really when we talk about marketing grain, that's what it's all about. You know, producers are growing a commodity. You grow it to sell it. Um, you're always long. You always have crop to sell, if not this year's next year. So let's talk about managing marketing risk. What do you focus on to accomplish this, Mandy? Yep. So my guys might get tired of me in saying the word risk, but in big picture, it's pretty important in the marketing world. So, you know, with a fun marketing environment like this, with prices so high, guys are making money. The question is, are they really, because are they locking in prices and making profitable sales, or are we holding out and watching it continue to run? So my big thing is start with the basics and know where you stand on your break even. Of course, that's probably adjusted a little bit this spring with inputs changing. But once you get that figured out, start making sales above your break even in increments and minimize your risk as we go through this growing season instead of leaving your risk wide open and waiting for the high. So my motto is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I mean, you're right on, Mandy. I mean, things we discuss, uh, it's really the basic fundamentals and it's just, it's never a question of what should we do. It always comes down to execution and, you know, do we do we get it done? Volatile markets tend to, um, you know, make us all emotional and nobody wants to sell too soon. So you, then you start to second guess yourself and, and we make poor decisions when we're emotional. Part of the value you bring to the team um, and your producers is certainly being a voice of reason is something we talk about internally and uh, just being a sounding board for our producers to help them execute because there's a lot of information out there. Some of it's good, some of it's not. And we try to help our producers filter through that, help them meet their marketing goals. But yeah, it's going to start with what's your cost. You know, this year we're, we should be safely above all costs, all break-evens. Um, so then it comes down to how do we build our average uh, with those, those percentage sales that you talk about. So uh, really something Mandy and the rest of our team is working hard on. Good, good stuff there, Mandy. Uh, bringing it in for a close here, uh, just Mandy, we're middle of June, we're three weeks, you know, or so from the, the end of the month reports. What are three marketing steps, you know, farmers should be thinking about here as we move through June? Yep. So like I mentioned before, if you haven't, take the time to sit down and figure break even. Um, and from there, figure out what percentage of production you have sold for new crop, if you have. And then from there, pick some target prices. Take advantage of the open orders that you can put in with CVA. With the volatility we've seen, orders can be very rewarding. Um, we know that we've seen the overnight futures climb higher and higher and then settle down towards the end of the trade. So that gives you the opportunity to take advantage of those prices. So, and then after that, 
it is not too early to be thinking about next year. I want you, I want to encourage you to think about next year. Um, starting hedging over $5 on corn and $14 on beans is not a bad place to get started. So absolutely good plug for the 22 crops. You know, we know that in, inputs are going to be higher next year for next year's crop, but 2011 was a year looking at uh, stocks to use ratios. And it was the May report that year where we see the initial numbers. That's the tightest stocks to use ratio. It was in the 5% range that we've had, or this year's the tightest since that year. Um, that year we found our highs in August, but then things broke, you know, pretty considerably um, from fall through winter. So at some point we're going to find a high this summer. The, the probabilities would tell you that. So we don't know where that high is going to be till it's all over. So stay disciplined, have some orders working, work with your grain specialists to uh, establish that plan and uh, make sure we're getting stuff sold. Mandy, this has been a treat. Loved having you on uh, and sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, we're going to be back at the end of June to talk about the much-anticipated Planet Acreage and Quarterly Stocks Report. Until then, stay cool, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe. Stay safe.